Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I know we don't have a holiday coming up immediately, but we just had a twofer holiday. I don't a know. rare twofer, where what? two came on one day. Well, we're recording this the day after Ash Wednesday slash Valentine's Thank Day. Thank you. I'm glad you accepted that and, that was one And I'm getting holiday. St. Patrick's Day ads already. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my kids asked me, like, what did St. Valentine's do? And I was like, I don't know. He drove snakes out of hearts <laughs> or something. I have no idea. Yeah. No. But I object so much to Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day sharing a day. Like... Valentine's Day couldn't have fallen on Fat Tuesday, the logical time. Oh no, Kate. It had to fall on the day when I gave up chocolate, Kate. That's when it decided to fall. It was like, when does Betsy when does Betsy give up chocolate every year? Is that for Lynn? Is that for Ash Wednesday? Uh Yeah. <laughs> and so at work it was just an endless parade of people coming to my desk being like, Would you like a chocolate? I'd be like, Thank you and then I'm hiding them in my desk for after Lynn. I'm just gorge myself, Kate. Just go and gorge them. Gorge them all the way down. I mean, you could just not give it up (laughs) i could i could could do that i could do that and then i could be weak kate i could be weak that's a sign of weakness sure but actually i do have like a ton of stipulations like if you were to offer me chocolate and it would offend you if i didn't take it i can take it same thing with wine because i also give up wine and this year i was i'm i I made a change usually i also give up iced chai lattes but those are not bad for me. I decided, so I'm not giving them up this year. Ha, 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 Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. know that's how the rules work. No, that's actually how the rules work, Kate. That's actually how the rules... If it's bad for you, Well, technically, you isn't dark chocolate good for your heart? Uh, and isn't wine actually in moderation supposed to be good for you? Not the way I drink it. Okay. I'm just... That's not healthy for anybody. Chug it, chug it. Give me the Chardonnay! Exactly. Actually, why? what is what is this? Why are we talking? What? Right now. Why are we talking? What, why, what's why going on Why are here? we talking? I don't know. Because we got nothing else going on. Well, that's it. <laughs> I have lots of stuff going on, Kate. But uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, no. What, we're doing a podcast, Kate. We are. Yeah. And what is the Barely. Name? Just barely. By, like, by the skin of our teeth. Which is a weird <laughs> phrase if you sit down and think about it. Uh, yes. What is this podcast? Fuse 8 and me. And the script. <laughs> and uh, what do we do on this podcast? Talk about Fuse 8 and me. <laughs> That's correct. And this, I should say, people, is a very strange episode because Kate is farther away from me than she has ever been before. You put a big, long table in here. Yeah. And it's like that, that scene in uh, the Orson Welles movie, you know, Rosebud. Uh, let's go. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. I just like watching you struggle. No, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. You could have helped. But you no, chose not no, to. I like, you just stood on the I, edge I of the precipice and stared down at me in the pit while I tried to claw my way out. But I made it. I made it, Kate. In Citizen Kane, where like there's that long table and it just gets longer and longer, that's what this is. So I think next week I'm going to come in and you're going to be in the hall and I'm going to be in here in the room somehow. Maybe we could. I mean, we could. Yeah. But you put some lovely shelves in and you even have an entire shelf dedicated to this podcast. Yeah. With, and Kate. Yeah. I got Lark's embroidery. I got Sarah's drawings of us as me as the porcupine. We got... Michaela Prevost's uh, illustration oh, yeah. from uh, Francis J.M. book. 
I'm just gonna. Oh yeah, who's standing on the edge of the pit now, Kate? I don't need who's to know that. These yeah, <laughs> we got Lucy Nicely's uh, drawing of my cat. We got all sorts of illustrated books. Yes, yeah, nice. uh, uh, sorry, uh, signed books and a bunch of signed books. Yeah, our stickers. And speaking there. of books, what do we do on this podcast with said books? Oh, we talk about them. That's right, and we talk about if they are good or poorly. <laughs> poorly? Well, that's a nicer way of saying terrible. So crap, Betsy. Crap. plenty of crap okay, books out there crap. oh my god you don't have to tell me about a third of the books we review are crap that's good that's actually excellent i think that's a good ratio for because people tune in wondering if we're gonna hate stuff uh, by the way i came i want super it to be close. more 50 50 yeah, i know i know you do maybe maybe today we'll tip the balance in some way All okay because right? uh, i brought a book today um it is cold but it's not that cold it's february and i'm already being like oh summer when you can like run outside at night and not have to wear a fleece mm-hmm. i'm kidding i always wear a fleece i'm always cold but uh this book reminds me of that and so i'm gonna pull it out now this is an illustrator we've done many times before i do not think we've done this author here it comes the moon jumpers by janice may udry sure uh illustrated by maurice sendak yeah and look at that it's got a little caldecott honor sticker on it Ooh, shiny uh-huh. i remember as a kid once trying to peel one of these off and i got like it just really ruined the book i think i did it to William Blake's Inn. Sorry, William Blake's Inn. A book we have never done, and fun fact, we'll never do. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Janice May Udry, best known for A Tree is Nice, also a book we have not done yet on the podcast. Also, that one was a Caldecott winner, so apparently she knew how to pick them when it came to illustrators. Nice. And I know how to pick them, and now I'm giving the picked one to you. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit more about the moon jumpers. No, no, I couldn't find anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't find anything. But we could learn a little more about Janice May Udry. Why not? Turns out she was born in Jacksonville, Illinois, right here in Illinois. What do you know? Uh, She was born in 1928, and she graduated from, wait for it, wait for it, Northwestern University in 1950. You know what that means. She lived here in Evanston at one point. Pretty cool. Now, she did a slew of books, as I alluded to. One of her first ones was A Tree is Nice, which in 1956 was illustrated by Mark Simont, and then went on to win the 1957 Caldecott Medal. Talk about a slam-bang beginning. She's also done other books as well. She did in 1961. She did uh, Let's Be Enemies with Maury Sendak again. Apparently they had a little pairing more than once. She did a book called Betsy Back in Bed with Albert Whitman. That makes a lot of sense. I often want to stay in bed. And uh, Albert Whitman, again, Illinois-based. Her last book was Glenda Glinka, Witch at Large, which came out as late as 1997, illustrated by Mark Simon, one of her first illustrators. So I like I like the cyclical nature. But she had a slew of illustrators. She had uh, Eric Blegvad and Ed Young and Hilary Knight and many, many more. Could not find much about her, but I did find that if you go on the Swan Auction Galleries, you can find a first edition of today's book signed, which if you care to, you may pay as much as $500 for. So, you know what to get me for my birthday. Hey, you're back. I'm back. You're back. Quickly. Yes, very quickly. Not a a ton of text? 
A ton of text to dive through, to parse. Not a lot of details, not a lot of, I mean. And didn't have to diagram any sentences while you were out? No, there's no no sentences that, like, carry from one page to the other. That's why I like it. There's no, like, hidden naked people, you know? It's just. It is a little weird. It is Sendak. You would think a naked something would pop out of a tree or something. But no, cat's naked. Instead, you get two title pages. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh. Because in this book, they go back and forth between black and white, like charcoal drawings. Yeah. And then two-page color spreads. Oh. Well, because they do that, they decided, let's do two title pages. We're just that special. The first one's going to be in black and white, like charcoal with a weird little poem. And then when all the weak people have <laughs> left, then we're going to spring this on them. Exactly. And then the second <laughs> title page is all in color. Oh, you've been rewarded with actual color. Don't get used to it. It goes away again. Sure does. Yeah. As soon as you turn the page, you're back to black and white. I have to say, this is a wonderful way of cutting costs. If you don't want to pay for a full color book and you want to like, but you still want enough color to make kids interested, this is how you do it. Mm. You flip back and forth, baby. Very clever. Very clever. The first illustration, meh. There's not a lot going on. It's just the sun's going down behind some, like, quote-unquote mountains. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Boy, you do not believe in those mountains. They're just triangles, Betsy. Maybe the man never saw a mountain at this point. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) The next illustration, beautiful owl. It is a much better owl Still in black and white. Yeah. But much more detailed. Yeah. So clearly, Bob Ross was not around. He didn't know how to make a happy little mountain, (laughs) but knew how to make an owl. And then the third illustration... A beautiful two-page spread in color. Wordless at that. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that happens throughout the book. Every uh, two-page color spread is wordless. Interesting. Yeah. And then we're hmm. back to black and white. Ah. <laughs> I was like, what, is, you. what is going on? And the You don't know where you stand. And the reason I'm not really touching on the text is because nothing really happens. There's not, no, no, no. This is a sleepy bedtime book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's We don't do a lot of sleepy bedtime books. Like, we did Goodnight Moon, which you found a grinning ghost in so you know they talk about ghosts in this one but, oh but there's no ghosts no maybe they, you didn't read it close enough kate maybe I, there is a ghost i don't know they, uh, they it's you got a, they talk about a giant do they talk about a ghost yeah oh okay yeah. I so. it's it's know. so like the story is there's a house it's got a mother and a father and then there's four children we, we don't know if it's around the, the same age yeah. We, yeah they're around the same age yeah. I, th- I think they're quadruplets uh, yeah, that's the only logical explanation for it because they're all the same height. We know this because they all try jumping and none of them are any better at it than any other. And yeah, yeah. And uh, and as we go through the, it's getting dark. Uh, mother and father are looking at a photo album, which definitely dates this book. Because aw, I've is- got fa- I have photo albums. Recently, you have taken photos, printed no, them out, no, no. or gotten them developed. We don't know that these are recent. They're looking at the kids when they were babies or something. Then that no, was no, years no. ago. You look, they are looking at one of the daughters who does oh. not look like a baby because she's got long blonde hair. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I haven't done it recently, but I do have photo albums and we do look through them. But you don't go to... No, I don't add to them. Exactly. No. no. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It dates. This book okay. is a little dated. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not denying that. And then you there's turn no the Wi-Fi. page, and there's, again, another beautiful two-page wordless color spread. And the children have escaped. But I, you look at this, and you're like, man, how much time did it take to draw every single blade of grass, every yeah. single line on the roof, every single leaf on the bush? 
It's if I intense. knew Sendak's history better, I could say what number this was in his roster and if he felt he had to prove himself in some way, because he might have. He might have been like, gotta do a good job with this one. I mean, it did win a Caldecott honor, so I guess it paid off in the end. Yeah. Make all those individual blades of grass, sir. Make them, I say. The writing is very poetic. Uh, Lilting, you might say. Down in the sandbox, the pail and shovel are left by the castle door. The goldfish play with the moonfish deep in the lily pool. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You're trying to put a child to sleep, Kate. This is a oh. very good way of doing it. Oh, got it. You're trying okay. to soothe them and get them <laughs> sleepy. And these words are supposed to do that. Well, it... Except that then it's also showing children like jumping and running. and Well, yes, because and now yeah. that it's nighttime, the children go out and they dance barefooted all over the grass and play tag with the wind (laughs) (laughs) oh it's but with the illustrations it feels like he he didn't like drawing toes black and white very well he was like i'm just gonna put in my crap illustration so i can spend more time focusing on the color I wonder if they were an afterthought. Like, uh, could you put some black and white things? Like, well, I got some sketches here. Like, yeah, just throw them in. Just yeah. throw them in. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, the color is fine. You yeah. know, they're, they're doing their thing. And then, oh, Betsy, mm-hmm. we come to my favorite tattoo. Ooh, what? It, I'm calling it my Monday tattoo. Okay. Because Lay it on me. it's a tattoo that you should have on a Monday. After oh. you turn the page... <laughs> There is an illustration of a cat. There's an irate cat. It's not their cat. It doesn't look like a black cat. It is. It's another cat. It's their cat. I never noticed there was a second cat. It's their cat, but it's like, you know how you look at a a negative? negative, Oh, I see. You know, it's flipped. So you can never, because it's a black cat, you can never tell its expression. But if you turn it into a white cat. But see, this cat is me. (laughs) I am this cat. You are cat. And this is cat. cat. You cat. This cat me. Yeah. The we're expression gonna, is fantastic. We're going to put it on Instagram. Yeah. And everyone should get this tattoo. <laughs> I have to agree. It's pretty fantastic. It's if you great. have to get a cat tattoo, this would be the one to get. Yeah. yeah. He just looks so annoyed. Yes. Yes, he does. Because he the peeved. kids. Yeah, the kids are all up in a tree. They're like, we'll make little camp and pretend to be on an island for the night. We make up songs and poems. The cat's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up, shut up. It's my time. Up. This is my space. And then you turn the page and it, well, the next page says, we tell ghost stories and holler boo under the window. And oh, okay. I'm, and I'm like, why are you yelling boo? Trying to scare the parents inside. But by by yelling, by, it says holler boo. Yeah. They, well, they don't, well, the parents are clearly in the living room. So if you go through that boo! window. <laughs> it's like that old lady from Princess Bride. Boo! Boo! Yeah. Rubbish! Yeah, exactly. And then we get to the, what I'm calling the Where the Wild Things Are illustration. Very much so. That Where is a wild rumpus. You yeah. just put this kid in some pajamas. Yeah, that's Max. Uh, yeah. that, that could well be Max. No wonder he's trying to escape from his family. He's got three siblings all his age. <laughs> and yet his own room? Suspicious. Mm, the cat doesn't look any not, less pissed off. Not in this book. No, I know. But in oh, the you're saying where the Max. Things are, Max. Got it, got it. Is that cat still pissed off? Uh, you know, he's he's not happy. <laughs> he's like, he looks a little less perturbed, but not yeah, by much. He's not pleased. This isn't his chosen crew to hang with. So then it says, uh, we jump and jump over and over and higher and higher, but nobody has ever touched the moon. And then the... Except for Neil Armstrong, but that wouldn't happen yet. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, this is pre-Neil Armstrong, so there you go. Well, and then the mom and dad come out letting them know, like, it's time to come in. And the children are like, 
but we're not children. We're moon jumpers. So so they're called moon jumpers because they jump when the moon is out. Do you get it, Betsy? Because it's the title of the book. Do you get it? <laughs> I'll be a little worried. Do you get it? They're moon jumpers. They jump. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay, so let's wrap this up. How dare we? they say the title of the book in the text? <laughs> it's my favorite thing when they do that in movies. Yeah. Do you just, do you sit in the audience and go, no. every time they do it? No, I, I look over at whoever I'm with and I go, ah. One time, ah. oh yeah, I do that. One time I saw a play, it was called The Calling Bond, and at the beginning, just out of the blue. It was not a musical. Everyone on the stage goes, The Calling Bond. And we were like, what if every play did this? King Lear. You know, it'd be amazing. The Crucible. <laughs> yeah, it would make it better. It would make it better. Yeah. But every time I watch Hocus Pocus and, and Mag says, oh, it's nothing but a little Hocus Pocus, I go, ah, is that it? Is that it? All right, so now we're at the end of the book, uh, and two questions for you. Number one, why are the children holding hands? This seems to indicate they are not related. Like, they might be cousins. Like, maybe they're having a cousin sleepover or something. It's the only thing I can figure, because there's no way they'd be holding hands. Yeah, because it's weird. Siblings. Unless some are younger, and I don't know, they might actually like each other, Kate. They're, that is a possibility. Mm, that's weird, Betsy. <laughs> okay. And then, I see. number right, two, why do the girls get their own beds, but the boys have to share a bed? Because girls are awesome and boys uh, drool. Duh. Uh, <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Is that the, yeah, they're sugar and spice science? and everything nice, and their boys are made of, like, what is it? Puppy dog tails, all that stuff. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say drool for a second. <laughs> well, I think that might be in the rope. I have to go through the entire poem. Like, what are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what little girls made of. What are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dog tails. I there like you go. Drool better. Yeah, drool. And they're made of a lot of drool. I don't know. Look at them. They're already asleep. They're probably drooling right now. One of them's asleep. Yeah, he's passed out. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a lot of jumping. And then I thought, yeah, maybe they're quadruplets, and that's why there's four of them all I the think same age, cousins. the same height. Well, that's cousins theory, would make yeah. sense too. Yeah. And then they all go to bed. The end. Okay. I have no additional information on this book. I could hardly even find additional information on the author herself. She apparently gave her papers to the DeGrummond Collection of the University of, uh, oh, let's say Mississippi, and uh, <laughs> make it if up. it's not. It could be the University of Missouri. They're going to be mad at me no matter what. Anyway. Are you just naming states that start with M at this point? Well, it's not the University Minnesota, of Minnesota because Michigan, that's where the curling collection Maine. is. So I'm sorry if my knowledge of literary collections of children's literature is not extensive. In any case, uh, if anyone wants to know more about anything to do with this book, you should go there to the DeGrummond collection. Go have fun with that. In in Missouri or Mississippi. Yeah, if you choose Maine. the wrong one, you'll be there for a while because <laughs> it's going to be a little difficult to find. Ratings time. I think I've been going first a lot, so you go okay. first. I actually like the text, hence my keeping the book when uh, to read to my own children. Did my children like the book? They have no memory of it whatsoever, and I don't think I read it to them all that often. So maybe the text wasn't as delightful as <laughs> I thought it was, but I thought it was pretty nice. Uh, beautiful art by Sendak. I think it deserves that Caldecott honor. I don't know what it was up against. Maybe everything else that year was fantastic. The likelihood is nil. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to be a little high on this. Uh, I'm going to be, not high high, but I'm going to be a seven. I like this what? book. What? I like this book. What? Oh, look at she. 
Oh, Nikki. Look at her. Now you're going to like take down your vote like an extra point just to counteract Mike. <laughs> oh, I like this story. Seven is way too high. I don't think so. I think it's sweet. Sweet. Are you trying to talk me down? Fine. 6.75. Yeah, That's so my final that, offer. That your kids really liked it. I mean, they liked it fine. They didn't dislike it. They just didn't remember it. So it's not memorable. Right, it's not memorable. Right, but it's nice. Uh, but that doesn't mean it should be a classic if it's not even memorable. Oh, fine. I'm a 6.5, but that's my final offer. I'm not going any lower. Six? I like this book. Come on. 6.5. You can go down a little no, bit. No, I am 6.5. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. as far as I go. So, okay. It's a fine story for bedtime. It ends with the kids going to bed. It's pretty boring, so that'll put kids to sleep. <laughs> that's your your that's your your blurb that would appear on the front. It's pretty <laughs> yep. boring, so it'll put the kids to sleep. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Two thumbs way, way up. I bet it would help sell this book, too. <laughs> I don't think it needs to help. Well, it, the back and forth of the good drawings and bad drawings is not my cup of tea. I don't think they're ever bad. It, it probably got an honor because every single blade of grass and leaf he had to draw. I mean, Peter Cease wasn't alive yet, so sure. I, I don't hate it. I just don't love it. It's it's a, right. it's a four for me because I'm not... I'm just, I'm just, oh, no, I see why you want me to be a six. I'm not saying it's a four because I want half of our books to be crap. Right. It's just the only thing I really liked in this book was the Monday cat. And that's what I'm calling it. I mean, the him. cat's amazing. And that's I think it. the cat's worth an extra point right there. So no. maybe I'll go up to a 7.5. <laughs> the ca- I gave the cat an extra point and that's how he got a four. Oh, okay. I see. Otherwise All it would have right. been a three. So. Well, putting our two scores together... This would be a toe over the line, my friend. It's just barely a toe. Just classic. barely a toe over the line. I will find you an egregious book. I promise. I promise. Next time, I'm going to try to find you one, okay? Mm. Okay? Mm. Okay. Fine. She trusts me. <laughs> Letters time. Ooh. We didn't get much, but we did get a little bit of a message here from one Gerald Connors. Now, by the term, uh letters i'm being kind of broad and going to say text count as letters because sure uh, gerald connors uh author illustrator extraordinaire wrote in and said omg you and kate were on fire out of the gate with that no david episode quote mr rogers had black hair unquote <laughs> lol and i was like but it's true and he said i didn't watch the black and white reruns as you did but i totally remember how jet black it was Kate showed her showing her age with the gray-haired version. And I was like, right, youngin. And then he showed me what he had pinned next to his desk. This is what he has pinned next to his desk. What, what do you see there? Do you, do you that, recognize those men? That is, yeah, it's Mr. Rogers and next to uh, Captain Kangaroo. You recognize Captain Kangaroo. Well done. Did you ever watch any Captain <laughs> Kangaroo? No. I did. I know. I watched Captain Kangaroo. That's how I know who that is. Oh, how would you know just by looking at him? Because he's got that weird haircut. And he yeah, that he has that weird bowl cut. Yeah, he looks like Ramona, but a dude. Yeah, it's true. That was where Kevin Clash got his start, by the way. Oh. Way before Elmo. Fun fact. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Grown Up Things We Like. All right, so I went to my first opera uh, since ah. the pandemic started. Okay, yeah. So it's called Champion, and it was at the Lyric here in Chicago. It's about an ex-boxer who gets dementia but does remember killing a man in the boxing ring, so he struggles with the guilt of all that and also being a black gay man during the 1960s. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. One of my favorite lines was, and this is going to be a very rough 
quote, because I don't remember word for word, but it was, they forgave me when I killed a man, but when I loved a man, they killed me. Nice. I was like, oh man. And I've never been to an opera that had so much cursing. (laughs) Oh, maybe good thing I didn't bring the kids. Okay. Oh, not kid friendly. Okay. We were thinking about it, but we we already had tickets for anything goes, so we couldn't go, but. Yeah, they probably would have been kind of bored too, because yeah, well, that it, it was, was in English, but you know they sing it it's like opera, a, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so our friend Meredith Harmony played the owner of a drag bar and nice. did such a great aria. So Aww. if you ever get the chance to see it, go check out the opera Champion. It is, it's, very... it's not still running though. It's done, right? No, we saw the last show yeah. in Chicago, but it originated in St. Louis, so, oh, it, so goes it goes around, traveling around. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. That's a very good recommendation. Yeah. Uh, I took a break from my Oscar contender watching to watch The Greatest Night in Pop, uh, which is streaming on Netflix. This is the documentary on how they made We Are the World. Uh, do you remember We Are the World? It yeah, was a, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson wrote it, which makes so much sense once they said it. I was like, oh, right. The line, We Are the World, We Are the Children. Yeah, that's a Michael Jackson line. Okay. And he wrote it with uh, Lionel Richie. And the whole point of the song was to get all these famous people together so they could raise money for Ethiopia, which was having uh, quite a famine at the time. And there were a couple takeaways I would just like to say. Uh, First of all, the entire thing would have fallen completely apart without Lionel Richie, who comes away as the hero of the entire story, did not see that coming. Uh, They should have given Sheila E. a solo in the song and not Al Jarreau. The minute Al Jarreau... I didn't even know who the singer guy was, and he was drunk. He was so drunk, he could barely do his sung part. And she wanted a sung part, but they just had her there because they thought if she was there, maybe Prince would come, because she was the drummer for Prince as well. Um, but he did not come, because Michael Jackson was there. And so that was kind of a bummer. But uh, Al Jarreau should not have gotten that solo. They should have given it to Sheila E. Just want to say that Waylon Jennings uh, couldn't deal with that moment where Stevie Wonder wanted to add Swahili in at the last minute. Uh, they pointed out to him, they don't speak much Swahili in Ethiopia. Doesn't make a lot of sense. And uh, you got a very uncomfortable Bob Dylan, but the best moment is when everyone sings Deo to Harry Belafonte. Like, the whole room, in Aww. in harmony, just wow. a- apropos of nothing. And then Stevie Wonder starts ad-libbing about him and Ray Charles driving everybody home that night if this thing doesn't go well, <laughs> which was <What>? amazing. Because <laughs> Ray Charles was there, too. And, uh... It was great. It's great. It's a great documentary. It's super fun uh, because they just have loads of footage of just lots of downtime and people talking and then interviews with a ton of people today like Bruce Springsteen and Cindy Lauper and all kinds of people. So uh, check that thing out. It's streaming on Netflix. The Greatest Night in Pop. Huh. Yeah. Well, both of ours were about singing. Hey, you're right. Yeah. What songstress as we are. <laughs> Next Wonderful. week, I'm going to recommend a book. So. Ooh. I'm not. I'm going to recommend a movie. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Sorry. So there we go. And that's where we diverge. Yeah. All right. But I will bring a book. Okay. And I think that'll count as something. And it'll be really, really bad. I'll see what I can do. The then... worst. No, actually, the worst book you gave me was that super racist one. Remember? Oh, yeah. With the red cover. I'm not even going to mention its name because then I'll invoke it and it will appear before No, us. no. You should bring it up so people can listen to that episode. I just forgot what it was called. Oh, they were strong and good. 
That yeah. was super racist. Um, yeah, that was the most racist book we've done. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't. There's not even any competition. I mean, do you want a racist book? I can provide. No. There's a couple of them we haven't done yet. No, so. no, you were supposed to give me one of a of someone dying of murder. Remember, you were gonna mm. give me one of someone dying in the book and mm. blood. And yeah, I'll see what I can do. And until <laughs> I can figure out what Aww. Kate is talking about, I'm Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew Jumper is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is the creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>